welcome back for release on new year's eve 2023 this is the 15th episode of 69 admins now as you may recall we went on our holiday hiatus just as the strikes in hollywood were really getting stupid now there's nothing you can really do as a bystander during a strike situation really now that the strikes are over we're finding that nothing has suddenly changed the big problem of production still taking time exists, and with production having been shut down for months, we'll be waiting for quite some time for shows to come back. If you're an independent producer with low to no budget, you may well be able to speed ahead if you have a small yet nimble operation. Expect more shows in films like Bikini Hackers before you see things like NCIS returning. Overall, the scene for streaming has changed rather heavily. We still have the problem of AI facing us. We have Channel One AI starting up, which utilizes scans of real people to try to present personalized news feeds. That'll definitely fuel chaos in the elections in 2024. The Actors' Union may have won major concessions over the use of AI, but it may have been too late. As we are seeing with much of this technology, some frontiers were not meant to be explored. Now, the big story as we end 2023 is consolidation. If there were shocks from the writer strikes and the actor strike, then these are aftershocks. Simply put, the big traditional content conglomerates feel like they're in financial danger. Paramount Global may own CBS, but it is also the smallest of the conglomerates with a market capitalization of roughly $10 billion. For those needing a quick refresher as to what on earth a market capitalization is, you have to remember that it is essentially a paper value of a company. Take the number of all outstanding issued shares of stock of a company and multiply that by whatever benchmark you take of a stock price. Ta-da! You have the market capitalization the closing share price on Friday was $14.79, and the shares outstanding is only 650000 Yeah, the shares change hands several times a minute each and every day, so the wonderful paper value of the company fluctuates pretty heavily. Now, the de facto parent company of Paramount Global, National Amusements, which is owned by Sherry Redstone, met with representatives of Warner Brothers Discovery to talk about a merger. Now that can't immediately happen for tax reasons after the merger between Discovery Communications and Warner Brothers. The soonest it could happen is April 2024. That's when the cooling off period from the last merger ends. Much like T-Mobile and Sprint merging in the wireless telecommunications sector, this would be two of the smaller players merging to try to survive up against much larger players. They might say, well, wait, Paramount Global's a company, why does it have a de facto parent? National Amusements owns about 7% of the stock of Paramount Global. However, it also owns the majority of the voting stock. You can go ahead and buy shares of Paramount Global on the open market. You'll get paid dividends and the like if they ever declare a dividend again. You don't get voting rights. 
All of those lovely shares of voting rights are concentrated in the hands of National Amusements, which is concentrated in the hands of Sherry Redstone. Isn't it amazing how that works? Now, if we have this merger between Warner Brothers Discovery and Paramount Global, it's going to have some consequences. It would leave us with the bizarre situation of Scooby-Doo, Batman, Stargirl, Mythbusters, and Expedition Unknown with Josh Gates, all being under the same corporate umbrella. Could you imagine that sort of a crossover? Now, it doesn't help that Disney is also looking to try to sell off parts of its business, too. Comcast Corporation, parent of NBC Universal, is also looking at selling off and merging with others. I have seen articles where it's been described as a panic situation right now, where no one's quite sure, how do we keep growing? How do we keep turning more and more profit? The problem with that is, things that keep growing forever and ever without limits, that's cancer. Eventually, there is a limit to growth. And we may hit a limit there. Now, there's a very special danger to Paramount Global talking merger with Warner Brothers Discovery. That danger is a very, very particular man named David Saslov who is currently CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery. Mr. Zaslov has had a notorious run over the past two years at Warner Brothers Discovery of utilizing a tax accounting tactic of declaring asset impairment on an odd variety of assets. Remember that Batgirl movie that was completely finished, but was canceled so it would never see the light of day? Since the film is an asset, Warner Brothers Discovery was able to take an impairment charge and reduce the dollar amount of its federal tax burden significantly. At one point, Mr. Zaslov was even looking at shuttering TCM, Turner Classic Movies, ensuring all those movies in that collection never saw the light of day again, so that he could have the company take an even bigger tax write-off. Now imagine David Zaslov taking over a combined company that includes the Paramount Global Properties and all the Warner Brothers Discovery properties. He would get another two years to do such slash and burn asset impairment tactics and would have the entire Paramount Global catalog to potentially destroy. We just celebrated 60 years of Star Trek and that could be made to disappear. We have over 20 years of various forms of NCIS and that could be made to disappear too. If you have the time, consider writing to your congressmen and senators in Washington to strongly suggest that if any media company does slash and burn garbage like Warner Brothers Discovery did with asset impairment charges on films and shows, that there be a price to pay. The preservationists at the Internet Archive would be very happy to make those impaired assets available for the public to see. Since they're impaired, the company claims they can't make any money on them anyhow. Typically, what would an impaired asset be? Say you have a flood and you sell cars. And you have a car lot 
and all the cars get flooded out and you can't sell them anymore. Well, those assets are impaired, you can write them off. That's a more typical use of that sort of a write-down. Hack and slash tactics to get rid of your film catalog? That's not normal in any case. The law needs to be changed so that an asset impairment write-down like what Warner Brothers Discovery has been doing also requires the remainder of the copyright term be forfeit. All that would end up happening is a film or television show goes into the vault and it would be locked away for nearly a hundred years before it could ever be seen again before it would ever enter the public domain. That's a ridiculous outcome under the law. That can't be supported. Either the Internet Archive, Library of Congress, you name it, they could wind up with a ton of enforced deposits if these hack-and-slash tactics continue, or you know, that write-down tactic might end. But having these hack-and-slash tactics, locking these things away so that they would go sight unseen for nearly a century? Fundamentally, that's wrong. Now, why talk to a congressman or a senator about something like this? We're in search of profits right now, and while doing that, we are trashing our cultural heritage. And that's got to stop. I could easily get into an entire dissertation about how we need to avoid cultural amnesia and preserve our heritage. In the end, it, pardon me, it requires recognizing there are things that came before. Recklessly destroying things so as to turn a profit does not allow for that. Now, owning physical copies of things allows for preservation in a time when streaming services can easily make material disappear. Funny thing, all these big conglomerates are really pulling back from making physical copies of anything available. It's all on streaming. It's so convenient. You don't need to go to the store to buy it on DVD. Funny how that happens. We have a rich and varied cultural history. Choose to preserve it so we can make an even better one going forward. And now for our picks to cap off the hiatus. Roger Corman made many, many films. Many of them were bad, very bad. Submitted for your consideration is The Saga of the Viking Women and Their Voyage to the Waters of the Great Sea Serpent. It dates to 1957, is monochromatic in terms of color. Did I say it, meant it dates to 1957? Keep that in mind as you watch it. You can find it on Shot Factory TV and on Tubi. I will include a link in the show notes. And beyond Saga of the Viking Women, we also had the 1973 film Beyond Atlantis. This was lampooned by Emily Marsh on the most recent season of Mystery Science Theater 3000. I'll include a link in the show post to the Unrift version, which is available on Tubi. Bear in mind, the link to Saga of the Viking Women that I'll be including 
is also to the Unrift version and not to the episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 where Joel and the bots riffed it. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks. The program was produced by Eerie Looking Productions in Ashtabula. Be seeing you. Please hang up and try again.